Contours, a podcast of FEBC Korea in Los Angeles. Dr. Tom Sappington is an associate professor at the Cook School of Intercultural Studies, as well as the chair of the Department of Missions and Intercultural Studies at Talbot School of Theology. He was involved in pastoral ministry for nine years before being called to the predominantly Muslim country of Indonesia, where he and his wife, Katie, um, has served for 15 years in central Java. They have three grown children, Chris, Joel, and Amanda. Um, they founded Ambassadors of Renewal, a ministry that brings renewal, healing, and deliverance to pastors and other church leaders in Indonesia um, and trains them to use these ministries in the context of the local churches. In our last episode, we talked about spiritual warfare. In James 4, 7 through 8, it says, Draw near to God, resist evil, and evil will flee. And, and all of that requires active faith. So what is active faith? You know, I think faith is something that here in the West we struggle with. Um, one of the things we observed when we were overseas was that uh, Indonesians seem to have stronger faith than American believers overall. And one of the things that was really strange is if you used a spiritual uh, uh, gift inventory, like sometimes we use in churches here with Indonesians, whatever other gifts they might have, you know, administration, teaching, whatever, they'd also tend to, to show the gifting uh, in two areas. One is faith, and the other is hospitality, which of course is cultural. But I think faith is you know, it is active when you act on it. I mean, you faith is like a muscle. If you use it, it, it becomes stronger. And of course, Indonesians live a life that's not as easy as our lives here in the States. In developed countries, life just is easier. And so we need to be careful, uh, you know, with that and really make sure that we're not just saying we believe, but we're believing God's word and his promises and really stepping out on them in different ways. What would you consider then as key elements that one must have to show that there is active faith? Well, I think um, we exercise faith in a number of ways. One is when we come to the Lord with honesty and openness in our prayers. Um, we're showing that we believe in his love and grace and mercy, that he knows uh, our brokenness, he knows our sin, and yet he loves us anyway. And we're, we're open about those things, and we're, we confess our sins to him and so forth. I think that's a very key factor in moving ahead in the Christian life. I think we make faith active when we pray, for example, and we, we pray for healing, we pray for God's direction, we wait for him. We're not just praying and then kind of going on about our life as if we haven't asked something of him. You know, we're, we're seeking him, we're coming back to him and listening for that answer. And I think those are ways that we can be very um, active in it. I think as Westerners, we have seen that active faith is a lot of doing, you know. We, we often think the things that we are doing for God as being a part of active faith. Are we reading our Bible? Are we sitting for, you know, praying for so many minutes of the day? Are we going out and evangelizing so many people? And those things are a part of, indeed, of living out our faith. But I think, as Tom is saying, that active faith goes much deeper than that to are we actively 
opening our lives up to the Lord? Are we actively seeking to really draw close to him as opposed to are we actively doing things for him? And that's a fine line. We, we want to be, you know, we don't want to be just hearers of the word and not doers. On the other hand, we don't want to be just flying off always on the go and, and not sitting with him, not enjoying him. And, and I confess that as an active person myself, I have a hard time sitting still. I have a hard time listening to the Lord. And so this takes a lot of discipline for me. And I'm glad to know that actively seeking the Lord can also involve the times we're in worship, can involve the times we're in small groups and discussing him, can involve wherever it might be that we can feel his presence. Those are all part of an active faith to have actively seeking him and spending time with him. You know, another th- another side of it is you hear sometimes a juxtaposition between being and doing or an opposition, that some people are more doers and others are more into the being or relational side with God. The reality is you look at the New Testament, it's, it's all about who we are in Christ, our relationship with him, and then the obedience grows out of that. And so there's no real contradiction. Everyone should be both a, a beer and a doer. You know, if we could find that balance, you see the Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, and some, they're very active people. They're sharing the gospel, bring suffering into their life. They're willing to do that. Uh, and yet they're people that are seeking God as well and, and spending time with him and enjoying him. It's not just a legalistic discipline. It's a relationship. And when you love someone, you want to spend time with them man falls in love with a woman he enjoys spending time with her it's not the discipline to spend time with her and enjoy that relationship and and we we should all have as our goal that same kind of relational closeness or or heart to seek God and when we do then I think that's that strengthens the being side but it also is the foundation for our ministry in the future that's a great point because usually I hear about the Martha or the Mary syndromes, right? And so a lot of messages are preached about how we're supposed to be more like Mary, and but we do need both. Oh, sure. If, if you look at Paul's letters, uh, he starts out with who we are, like Ephesians, who we are in Christ in chapters 1, 2, or 3. And then in beginning in chapter 4, he goes on and tells us now, now that because who you are in Christ— your relationship with him, now, you know, you do these things. This is how we live as God's people. So there is an order, is there? Is there an order of which needs to be solidified? The things that we do grow out of who we are and and our relationship with the Lord, or else they become a lot of striving. As we talked about uh, when we were speaking about spiritual warfare, we need to be careful sometimes. What are the things we do coming from? And for many people, it comes out of a place of wanting to earn God's love. They believe that he loves them, but they believe that somehow if they just get it right, if they just do it better, he'll receive them more completely or he'll love them more or they can stop worrying. I'm not exactly how sure even to to phrase that. But there's an unsettledness. And the Lord wants us to be able to rest in the fact that we are completely and totally received by him and loved by him and known to him and then to move out of there into serving others. One of the things we come across very often in our ministries is called performance orientation, and it's where people are serving, and there's a, there's a drivenness to it, 
and they're they're usually their life is out of balance. Sometimes the family's neglected or the marital relationship or whatever. But it's all about the ministry. And, you know, really, it's the same principle that's at work in the work world with workaholics that are driven. It, we just put a spiritual veneer on it. You know, again, you look at Paul's life. Uh, or Peter, they were very committed to service, but I think there's a, that sense, you hear Paul saying it again and again, of God's grace that becomes the foundation. And usually the antidote to performance orientation is God's a real experience of God's grace. And then that frees a person to rest in Christ, but also to serve and to help others experience the same love that they've experienced. So the benefits of having active faith then is finding that rest and helping others. Are there any other benefits of living out the active faith? Well, I think there's a joy and fruitfulness in ministry, too. We look at the, the early church again in Acts. They're a church that's very balanced. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, they was prayer. Uh, uh, all the different elements are there. You know, fellowship is strong. They're meeting regularly. You see them moving ahead, and people are, are drawn to that. There's a fruitfulness in their life together, and they become not just people that are experiencing God's grace, but a community that's experiencing God's grace, That where they accept each other, they bear with each other, they forgive each other, they don't judge each other. And then people are drawn to that, and they, they're also seeing that they step out in prayer and deliverance, and they've seen the power of God evident. I mean, who doesn't want to go to that church? The other thing that we haven't touched on so far is that when we live in active faith, those moments will come where we are hurt, where we are suffering, where we are disappointed in life, where we're struggling, and we have a foundation upon which to stand. If our life is centered around striving or performance orientation, then when it doesn't seem like we're performing well or when the results aren't what we expected, the ground is cut out from under us. But when we are being able to rest in the fact that we are accepted and loved and filled with God's grace no matter what, then in those times when we feel lost or those times when we struggle or those times when we sin, um, we, we have that foundation on which to to stand, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change, and we don't have to worry about, is God going to accept us now after what's happened, or where is God in the midst of my suffering? How could he let this happen to me or to us? Yeah. So then what are the challenges and obstacles of then building an active faith? Well, I think we have to just keep coming back to the Word because it, we read it, but we're living in this world. I think a lot of believers aren't uh, necessarily apprehending or, or taking to themselves the promises of God and really applying them, and we kind of don't see it. And in many cases, I think we are hindered by that, the reality that we can't grab onto those in the way that we'd like. Well, and at the risk of being repetitive, we're also up against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Often, what I find in my own experience, at least, is I begin moving forward in active faith, and then I hit some kind of a block, something that, that either happens to me or something I'm disappointed about, that God hasn't answered the way I wanted, or something in which I, I can't figure out what he's doing, you know. And then pretty soon my, my flesh says, what's the point of all this anyway? 
you know? And the world says, oh, you got better things to do than that, don't you? Aren't you being kind of naive and unrealistic? You know, and then the devil's going, that's right. You know, put the Bible down. What's it ever done for you anyway, if you see what I'm saying? I think that's a great example. Um, you know, one of the things you notice is when people experience real crises in their lives. Maybe they lose their job. Maybe they lose a loved one. Um, you know, just something tragic happens in their life. That's the point a person needs the Lord the most, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that's where we need to, to, to really cling to him. But at that point, you know, the, as Katie said, the world, the flesh, and the devil all say, well, why did God let that happen? You know, how, what, what good is it being a Christian? You know, my family's turned against me. I'm following Jesus, and now look at where I am. And so right at the point, I mean, this is just diabolical, right at the point where we need him the most, I mean, that moment, we, we turn away. And then often that's really tragic. But the alternative is to cling to the Lord and, and, and bring our pain to him, and, and he's faithful there. Then how do you overcome those challenges when you are at that pivotal time of crises or a lot of times um, the time of waiting? And so instead of having that position of passive waiting or um, doubtful waiting, being able to actively wait could also be... Um, an example of active faith. Those are things we all struggle with, and I don't, I don't want you to hear that we have all the answers. Those are the times, though, when community is especially helpful, I think. We, often we are um, hesitant to show our weaknesses to our brothers and sisters in Christ and to say to someone else, I'm really struggling here, I need your prayer. Because we're afraid that that's going to be seen as being less than, you know, I'm not as good a Christian as other people or something of that sort. There's a certain amount of pride, isn't there, in our, all of our lives. But that's the time we need the body of Christ the most, I think. Um, it's also the time for us to express, I love the Psalms. You know, and, and one thing I love about the Psalms is you see men of God standing before God saying, God, this really hurts. I do not like this. I don't want to be a part of this. And by the way, oh, by the way, you aren't even fair either. Look at you. But in all of those, not only does God receive that from these men, but in all of them, their hearts then return to the Lord. The end of the story always is, but, but in spite of all this, God, I'm still going to praise you. In spite of all this, I'm going to seek you. I will trust you. You know, there's that, oh, no, now I can't think of which prophet is. Haggai, who says, you know, though, though the olive trees won't bear and, and the figs are barren and everything is going wrong and there aren't any cattle in the field and he goes through the whole lit and he says, still I'm going to trust in God my Savior, you know. Those are the kinds of echoes of our own hearts. So it's good to, to dig into those kind of things and, and receive prayer from our brothers and sisters and to be honest before the Lord. I think, too, that, that we really need to prepare ourselves ahead of time when things are going well maybe in our lives for those things how will we respond and um, you know if we're not ready for it we're not really building that relationship with God and learning to just trust him with the smaller things it'll be tough to do it at that point where the crisis comes I think you made a great point Katie about the community because um, I remember even within um, cell groups um, small groups a lot of times when other sisters or even myself, when I'm struggling and doubting, remembering is also one of the things that we do that um, 
helps us revive our active faith, remembering that um, when we're doubting, did we even have faith? Was it, you know, all a facade, all those things. And so you see all the time in the Old Testament, the Lord was often telling his people, you know, put those stones together, mark this space as a sacred space. Remember, keep looking at those things. You see in the Psalms again, you see them recounting the Lord's goodness in the in the movement out of Egypt and, and the times they were protected in the desert and all those things. Again, to remind ourselves over and over again. Yeah, the key is the community has to be a healthy community. Mm-hmm. And uh, one where we are open with each other and that, um, that you know, things like gossip, they destroy that because once you lose the trust then everybody closes down then it becomes superficial and that's when we may be in the midst of community but we don't experience community that's why we're so strong on inner healing because sometimes we we have seen it where we've ministered to someone but when they go back to their church that's where the problems come you know the gossip the pressure the the why are you not doing this or that and you know the push toward the performance side of things uh, meeting of expectations judgments come into play and then that's not a healing community that's something else it's not a place that helps you in those hard times it's it's something that can work against it well thank you tom and katie for joining us on light shed table talk and until next time